Life Audio. Waking up this morning, I'm realizing that for over 20 years now, my every thought has been about my body. As I walked around my house, it was, I was thinking of my body. As I passed my mirrors or windows, my body. As I planned my day or fit in my workouts, it was about my body. As I got dressed, my body. As I planned my outfits, my body. As I bought groceries, my body. As I ate every meal, snack, or tracked calories, it was about my body. When I walked into every social situation, it was about my body. As I led worship on stage, it was my body. As I was pregnant, nursing, postpartum, my body. At holidays, it was my body. At my birthday, my body was my thought. On any vacation, my body. At church with teenagers, I was thinking about my body. At summer camps, my body. At dinner with friends, standing next to anyone, it was about my body. Thinking about the past was my body. Thinking about the future was my body. Hey, friend, boy, are you in for a treat today? I'm talking to my friend and client, Rachel, who just finished the Body Image Freedom Framework. Uh, She did it over the course of the fall. And wow, we have a fantastic conversation today about what God has shown her. She shares her story of what drove her to needing or desiring really body image coaching, body image help. And there's so much good stuff, so much stuff in this episode that I think you are going to relate to. So I'm excited for you to hear it. Hey, listen till the end, because I'm going to share with you a very special offer I have right now for January, where you can get started in coaching for just $40. So hey, I know December is an expensive month (laughs) for many of us. But I want to make coaching as accessible and attainable for you as possible because I would love to see you have a before and after story like Rachel's. I would love to be able to walk with you to new freedom in this area. And so if this is something you desire, reach out to me, Heather at compare2.me, go to the website, um, but listen to Rachel's story. You're going to love it. And then reach out to me if you'd love some coaching help yourself. Welcome to Compare to Who, the podcast to help you make peace with your body so you can savor God's rest and feel his love. If you're tired of fighting body image the world's way, Compare to Who is the show for you. You've likely heard lots of talk about loving your body, but my goal is different. Striving to fall in love with stretch marks and cellulite is a little silly to me. Instead, I want to encourage you and remind you with the truth of scripture that you are seen, you are known, and you are loved no matter what your size or shape. Here the pressure is off. If you're looking for real talk, biblical encouragement, and regular reminders that God loves you and you're not alone, you've come to the right place. I hope you enjoy today's show and hey, tell a friend about it. Rachel, thanks so much for coming on the Compared to Who show today. Heather, I'm so excited to be here. I'm kind of fangirling. I've loved your works for a long time, all your books and all the things. Well, it was super fun the way we got connected and you have the opportunity to go through the body image freedom framework course yes. and group coaching. And you, because you are a ministry wife and really a ministry yourself, you actually went through it with some other ministry wives, because oh. for those of you ministry wives that don't know, I offer a really, really, really big discount 
for pastors, wives, ministry leaders, women's ministry leaders, you're a worship leader. If you are in ministry and you want to do this program and you thought, I can't afford that on a ministry salary, I want you to reach out to me, Heather at compare2.me, because I, I want you to get free because you have influence in your church and the ability to help other women get free. So I am willing to invest in you. So anyway, you were privy to that and in a group of all (laughs) ministry women and we had a good time. Uh, Oh yeah, It's been fun to work (laughs) with you. And I would just love it if you, Rachel, today would just share your story. What drove you to desire body image coaching to, you know, want freedom in this area. Can you just give us your background? What brought you to me? (laughs) I know. And it's crazy to have to dig back and figure out how did I get to this point Mm -hmm. needing it? I'm so glad that I, that God has really shown me that, but um, I'll say I've always been a person in the public eye. My dad is a, is an awesome pastor of a very large church in Texas. And so for my whole life, I've grown up in front of people, almost like in a fishbowl. And um, people would just always comment, uh, you know, they always said nice things, but they were just always commenting um, about my appearance. It just was the thing that they would say. And I didn't really realize that. But as I grew up, um, I did not have any athletic skills. I was not known um, <laughs> in the sports realm. I really wanted to be because I'm really competitive, but I'm terrible at sports. But um I was a singer, I, but I wasn't really like known for that either. And um, we lived in the same city my whole life, my whole upbringing. But for some reason, we I changed schools a lot. My mom, we we homeschooled a couple years. Our church started a school. I went there. I, I bounced around a lot of places, but um, and then got introduced to public school junior year, which was like, well, <laughs> this is wow. the world. Yeah, but, yeah, it was yeah. crazy. Um, but everywhere I went, you know, I wasn't accepted or known for my athletic talents or other things. It was almost like, um, I was invited into a crowd because of my appearance, which was even crazy for the Lord to show me that. But Mm -hmm. I think that's had such a grip on, on things, but I grew up in the best home, the best home. My parents are amazing. They're still married, uh, 40, they just celebrated 40 something years and, uh, they love each other still. They love us. I have two amazing siblings. Um, and we just had, when I think about childhood, if I had to put an emoji on it, you know, it'd just be like the happy face. It was just, it was happy. And, um, in our home, I was never made to feel bad about my body or what I ate. That was just not a thing. I couldn't have asked for a better mom who modeled for me just, um, how her, if her, body was a big deal to her. She did not talk about it. And I did not see her diet and I did not see her do that. But, um, but Weight Watchers was in our home, uh, for some other people in our family. And so it sort of was a household name. So I I knew like dieting was kind of just what everybody did, uh, but they were never pressing that on, onto me. But again, just happy childhood, happy home. Jesus was the center of it all. I became Christian when I was 12, gave my life to him. But so fast forward from there, I went on to college. I met my incredible husband and who has just never made me feel bad one single second about my body. He's, he's the best we got. We dated our junior year, got married senior year. And right out of college, I got a job as a teacher. And so I'm a baby. I'm only 21. I get this job. And so I'm surrounded by these amazing ladies that I'm teaching with, 
But I'm realizing that when we're in lunch or in planning periods or whatever, the talk was again, Weight Watchers diet. Um, you know, I'm going to eat a salad for lunch and then I'm going to go out and walk. And so I thought, oh, this is what you do, you know, as just a, an adult woman. So I started to try to track my food and do all those things then during during school. Um, and at the time, we formed a Christian worship band. And so I was, I called myself like Hannah Montana. I was teacher by day and then <laughs> worship leader on a stage on the weekends. That's awesome. And, um, we would travel all summer we did camps and conferences and retreats and things like that. And so again, in the public eye, on a stage in front of people in a fishbowl, um, again, hearing comments that were positive about my appearance and stuff. And so I think I began to sort of form a soundtrack of I'm Rachel. People said I'm pretty. So that's who I am. And that I better stay that way. I mean, that's, that's who I am. So Fast forward again, I'm 26, have our first beautiful daughter, um, really had, you know, no trouble bouncing back, quote unquote, into what cultural finds um, appropriate, you know, after that. Um, but I did then three and a half years later, have another baby. I was a little bit older at that time and uh, didn't bounce back quite as quickly. So I began to kind of panic like, oh, no, you know, I don't look the same. Okay. What can I do? So I started to use all the tools that I knew again, Weight Watchers pops into mind, counting every calorie, every bite of food. Um, that's when I got an Apple watch and I would want to close every ring and, you know, meet every standard told to me by a thing on my wrist. Um, (laughs) I was doing, oh my goodness, no less than probably an hour a day of HIIT workouts. That's when Beachbody was a big deal. And I did, I did them all like Shaleen Extreme and P90X. I even did Brazilian butt lift, but I was like so embarrassed. I hid the cover. <laughs> I was like, I don't want anybody to know I'm doing this. Uh-huh. But I just obsessed about trying to get back to pre-baby body. And, um, but through those methods, and since I was still young, again, able to kind of get back, get back into that. Well, then in my thirties have daughter three and precious baby darling and, um, this was the pregnancy that I became obsessed with my body and just gaining the minimal amount of weight possible. Mm-hmm. I was weighing every day. And I, I mean, on checkup days, when I go to the doctor, I would try to wear the lightest lightweight yeah. clothes I yep. could. So that, I, mean, yep. I would even take off the Apple watch because right. so, it I don't <laughs> want that to add. And it was like my goal to see how little weight that I could gain. And I just, I just hate it now because I was so obsessed with that. I think I was missing the miracle growing inside of me, but, um, we were in, we were living in Houston at this time and we were in a big church and we were worship leaders. So again, public eye in the fishbowl. And it's so funny because if you're on a stage, I think people think you're a robot and they can just say whatever they want to you. Mm. Um, But for the most part, I was still getting like positive comments about my appearance. Um, But there was this one day where we announced my pregnancy from the stage because, you know, it was getting a little obvious. And this man came up to me and he was probably in his 50s. And he said, oh, I'm just so glad to know you're pregnant because I saw you gaining weight and I was just really wondering what was going on. And mm. I was, I almost punched him in the face. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> maybe you should what? have. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and so then I guess I was like, whoa, people are noticing my weight. And that really hadn't been a thing before. And I was like, if he commented on it, that means people are thinking about it. And oh my goodness, I need to focus even harder on that. So again, just obsession during my pregnancy. 
And when um, my sweet baby three was born, um, she's eight at the time of this, but I was, I was smitten with her, but still obsessed about my body. And um, I would say that that next season that ensued, I was 33, um, was probably the height of my disordered eating and body image issues, but I didn't know. Rachel, I'm going to pause you for a quick break, but we'll be right back with your story after this. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Hi, I'm Rebecca Scott. As a servant of God, wife, and mother of four, I understand the juggle of multiple roles and stages. That's why I created the Encourager podcast to help guide us through the messy middle stage of life. Join me on the Encourager as we challenge the chaos and embrace harmony. Together, we'll create practical systems to balance your roles and fulfill priorities. And we will do it while having joy and energy for both home and work life. Tune in for inspiring stories and interviews, actionable tips, and methods to do both home and work life. Because here, we believe you can do all things, just not all at once. Probably the height of my disordered eating and body image issues, but I didn't know that I had them. Yeah. So, I mean, I signed up for Noom and less meals. And I mean, this these were some of my habits, like just... Every morning, first thing I'm weighing and literally with a measuring tape, measuring myself, I was intermittent fasting. I was reading my Noom articles before the Bible Mm -hmm. and tracking my weight on a weight graph in my journal. When I would sit down to spend time with the Lord, because I love spending time with him every morning, I would write my weight at the top Mm -hmm. of my journal, almost like they went hand in hand of like, if I was doing good in my weight, then, oh, I must be doing good, you know, um, for lunch, I only ate three certain things so I could keep my numbers as low as I could on Noom. Mm-hmm. And I was teaching piano. So in the afternoons, I'd be starving while I was teaching, but I thought I was like killing it, you know, because mm-hmm. I was not eating as much and I had a lot of points left over on Noom, hardly eating through the day. If I put like a piece of sugar in my mouth, I would just feel so guilty, but I would try to like lick candy every now and then just to feel like mm-hmm. I was getting a treat. I mean, I'm just saying I had no clue how in bondage I was to this, but, um, again, working out an hour a day, closing those rings, analyzing myself in front of a full length mirror, wondering, okay, when I'm on stage, what are people going to think of me? Are they going to think that I look better? Are they going to think that I look great? Um, and I, I really truly think like I was becoming anorexic. I don't even know if I could have crossed that line, but I would say I was definitely not eating enough food. And my hair was breaking off and thinning, Mm -hmm. but that was the season I was receiving the most compliments. Mm -hmm. That was when people were singing my praises, 
Wow. And again, another man, what is up with the men in their fifties coming up to me, but he came <laughs> up with a different one. And, um, because I was in all those unhealthy practices, I had lost a lot of weight. And he said, Oh my goodness, you look so good. How much weight have you lost? Mm-hmm. And it was in that moment, I got a little sassy and I go, I don't really think that's your business. Mm-hmm. And, and he, it caught him off guard. He's like, no, really? How much? And I go, really? I'm not going to tell you that that's not your business. So it was like this dance of, I know this is wrong. Why do I want it? Why am I, I want people to know that I lost weight, but why am I mad when they didn't, when mm-hmm. they did notice that? Did they think that I was so bad and horrible before? Um, but that's when COVID hit and it was almost like a game during COVID to see how small I could get, how little food I could eat so that I could keep getting compliments. And, you know, people were like, wow, how did you lose weight during COVID? And I was like, I know, you know, like, it's like this badge of pride and honor and, um, okay. So fast forward again, and this gets us to where we are today. God moved our family to a smaller city in Texas. And, um, two years ago, I'm 40 years old. We uproot all three of our girls start over. We live with my precious, my mother and father-in-law. Um, and it was, they were amazing, but just anytime you're merging two families and living under one roof, the stress levels were crazy. And I thought I could keep up my quote unquote healthy eating habits and keep my food in the fridge but I was so inundated with just trying to keep my family intact and the emotional needs of my eighth grade daughter at the time. And I was homeschooling and I was leading worship still and trying to navigate a new city. And all now I just see, oh, God's gracious hand keeping me so busy that all I could do was loosen the grip on yeah. the things that I thought I had to keep doing. Yeah. And um, so two summers ago, we're with our students as we're in student ministry. We're at beach camp. And we're in a worship service. And in that service, God said to me, you need to go do some work with, for, with forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And I thought that is so random. And are you mm-hmm. sure and right right now? What? And so I kind of shoved off the Holy spirit for a little while, but he was like tapping me. No, now. So I went back to our room. It was just me in there. And there were three certain people that I just had really um, there, there was just a grip in my heart that I hadn't mm-hmm. forgiven them. And I didn't know it because mm-hmm. I wasn't walking around thinking, Oh, these three people, but God really brought that up. So I did this work for hours and they're just really like confessing that and giving it to, to Jesus. And, um, we came home from beach camp. I didn't really think anything of it, but it was almost like that had to happen before this next beautiful great awakening mm-hmm. happened. And now at this point in our new city, we have a home and I, we have a pool just so graciously from God's hand. We share it with our students, but I was out there watching my girls swim and I thought, man, I, I think I want to listen to a podcast while I'm out here. I, what are podcasts? Like at this point, I mean, at that point mm-hmm. I had not had any time for podcasts. My kids were little, but I thought yeah. well, you came to my mind, Heather. And I was like, you know, I really loved Heather Creetmore's book. Um, my sweet mother-in-law put compared to who in my hands in 2018. And I read it and I just thought it was awesome. I was like, I wonder if Heather has a podcast. So I go, I'll check you out. And of course there's this amazing podcast. Well, the one I clicked on, you were in a coaching call with Aaron and Charlie from intuitive eating for Christian women. And I thought, okay, well, if Heather, who I love and respect is getting coached by these people, she must love and respect. Let me check out their podcast too. I listened to yours about the body image idol. And I just, it was like, God started to kind of crack away 
this hard rock around my heart to try to let his light in. And then um, I went to their podcast and listened to that very first one about what is what is diet culture. Mm-hmm. And Charlie started to explain Christy Harrison's definition that it's a system of beliefs that worships thinness and links it to health and moral virtue, a system of beliefs that promotes weight loss as a means of attaining a higher status or look. And it demonizes certain ways of eating and elevates others. And so I'm watching my girls swim, hearing this definition, excuse me. And I just, it was like a weight was lifted off my shoulders because all of a sudden it was put into words that angst in my heart and soul that I was feeling. I was like, oh my goodness, this is why I feel so yucky every time I try to diet or return. Like, why does it make me unhappy instead of like joyful? And I thought it is linked to my pride. This is a, this is an idol because, you know, like just putting your podcast together with theirs, God just began to show me um, the truth. It really was like, you know, in the sixth sense movie, sorry if you guys haven't seen that, but I mean, it's been out forever, but at the end, he's like, I see dead people. And and he realizes he is dead. I was like, goodness it was just like my eyes were opened and this warmness just came into my heart and I just started to listen to truth after truth after truth from your podcast and theirs and I was just going back and forth and back and forth and I couldn't get enough of them and I was walking each day just so I could get out of my house to go listen to these things so no one no one would interrupt me um but then through that after doing that for a little while, God really prompted me to reach out to you for some one-on-one counseling. And I thought, I don't need that. That Mm -hmm. is not, I am not quote unquote messed up enough to need that. But the Holy spirit was again, tapping my shoulder. And so I emailed you one day in August, like, Hey, (laughs) it kind of explained how I was and signed up for three sessions. And, um, from there, you know, you had shared with me about your course and I, I really felt like I was supposed to be obedient in that as well. And so jumped into that and here we are today. And I, I don't know how much you want me to say about your course, but through all those things, I just see God's hand taking my grip and loosening it like finger by finger and moment by moment. And, um, so I'm definitely not the same <laughs> Rachel that I was yeah. even two, two years ago, but. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Rachel. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. I mean, there's a couple things that stuck out to me from what you said. And the first one was your appearance was the way you were accepted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And it's like, it's so funny because I think Well, there are certain situations, right, where that's absolutely true, right? Like he's public school, right? Like, of course, (laughs) you know, but it'd be nice to think that that's not the way it is at church or in our women's groups, Mm -hmm. right? But I know that's not true, right? Like I felt it too. As my body has changed, as I've aged, I've, I've felt the difference, um, the, the difference in terms of reception and, you know, invitation, that sort of thing. But it's an interesting, um, an interesting thing to chase, isn't it? Yeah. Right. Because yeah, I, didn't know go ahead. Yeah. I didn't know that that was my ticket in basically. Yeah. That that was, it was like 
part of the happy face emoji of childhood yeah. included the way that I felt about my body, my appearance, because okay. that's where I felt safe. I think yeah. it's like, well, at least I'll be accepted because of this. Um, I didn't have all the other things that people were praised for, but, um, I don't know. I didn't realize that was the thing until God showed it to me even just a couple of days ago. Well, because it, because it's kind of insidious, right? It's mm-hmm. like I and I coach people who come in and they're like, you know, mom said these bad things to me or grandma, you know, was always beating this into me or, you know, mm-hmm. the boyfriends I had in high school said these things to me. Right. And so they come in with these scars, very real scars that have affected the way they think about themselves, but yours is kind of the flip story. You didn't necessarily have scars, but you had all these gold stars that you had earned. Right. And it's, then it becomes like, well, if I don't have all these gold stars, no one's going to like me. Like that is my oxygen. Like that's, you know, how do I breathe unless these people are, are applauding me or complimenting me. Right. And, and it's not, it's not mean or hateful on the part of the other people, right? No, in fact, I think they're trying to love well, right. you know, like they mean well. And I didn't, I didn't ever take it as, oh, how dare you say that? I was like, oh, that means they like me. Oh, right. they, they love me. And so I built this foundation on sand of yeah. people's praise, but again, subconsciously. So then if I didn't get people's praise, I immediately went to, okay, what's wrong with me? What do I need to fix? Why don't they think that? So now as I'm a student pastor's wife, a worship leader standing in front of students each week and not hearing those things, which my husband was like, that would be weird if you were hearing those things. I'm like, (laughs) yeah, you're right. That would be, um, I'm having to face, I guess the question of identity, which I always thought I was like, totally fine with. Yeah. I'm God's daughter. Yep. I'm created in his image. Um, but now I'm like, oh, if I don't have praise from people, who am I really? And my nourishment really was in humans. And, Mm -hmm. and I think that, like I said, that that God is just the hero of this story because the past two years, he has really brought Psalm 23 to just such a dear place in my heart that I have everything I need in him, but that takes faith. And it takes surrender that when I walk in a room and I don't hear a compliment, I am still okay. I have everything I need because he restores my soul and he is the living water and he's the bread and he's the green pasture. Um, But it is a, I keep thinking of um, the Lord of the Rings movies. I don't know if you saw those a long time ago. Uh Haven't seen them in years, but God just, I think brought this to my mind too. That ring that everybody Mm. was chasing after had all the power and it would have a grip on whoever would put it on their finger. And you know, that little creature, I guess, Gollum. Gollum. Yep. <laughs> my precious. Yes. My precious. My precious. Is. <laughs> I feel like the beauty idol mm. in our culture and in my heart was, oh, my, my, my precious. I've got to have that. I've, what do I need to do to get that? And I was screaming. And so as, as I've had to let go of that beauty idol. It's like parts of my heart were freaking out like that. Like, Oh no, right. but this is my precious. What, who am I going to be without this? I won't have power. I won't have love. Right. I won't be accepted, but God is showing me that that's not true. Right. That right. even as I might not be as tiny as I was in high school. And as now my body is at the healthiest it's ever been, but a different size, 
I actually didn't lose anything that I love. People Mm. don't love me any less. I'm still doing ministry. I'm still, my husband's still in love with me and and thinks I'm the most beautiful. I mean, he's just amazing. And so um, it's trusting God's way. And you'll, you talk about this in your course. It's so good. God's economy versus the world's economy. And it really did take a little while for that to sink in on, in my heart and mind, but truly, I mean, in the world's economy, money is important. And in the world's economy, beauty is money. Basically, if you have, if you have beauty, it's like you have a ticket in, like I said, a ticket into social groups, a ticket in on the stage, a ticket in anywhere. So just like I panic when my money is dwindling, I think my heart is panicking as the beauty is fading some. And I'm like, oh no, I don't have what I need anymore to survive. But again, got it. That was just something God spoke through you to me in the course. That was just so incredible. Um, because everything is passing away in this world. Yeah. Nobody's going to get to hold on to this forever. Yeah. And God is not saying you better have these abs and weigh this size and be in this size jeans for me to love you. That's right. not his voice. Right. And I love the Gollum example from Tolkien. And my, my youngest son is a huge Tolkien fan. <laughs> but think about like, I don't like to watch that part of the, like, I don't like to watch the parts of yeah. Gollum because he's yeah. hard to look at. Yes. Right. And, and he really was destroying, he did destroy himself yes. through his need for that, right? It's not, he became more isolated. He became actually less attractive, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then you think about what the chase for beauty does, mm-hmm. right? It does isolate us, right? Cause like, I, I know I couldn't be in a group cause I had to get to the gym. Like my twenties yeah. were, I'm pretty busy with the gym. Thank you for the invitation to your small group, but I've yeah. got spin class that night, yeah. <laughs> right? Like it's, so it does isolate us. And then yeah. well, just the, the reality of when you're following your food rules, you can't eat with everyone. Right. I'm sorry. Right? I can't do that because I'm not, but I wouldn't say those things. I would just have a reason, you know, why I couldn't, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to eat those foods at this time, right. you know? And yeah, yeah, it did isolate. And I was alone in my mind fighting this battle for all those years. Yeah. Um, Steven, my precious husband didn't even know that I was yeah. suffering because I didn't talk about it. Right. Right. But I know that if the greatest commandment is to love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. Mm-hmm. My mind was not loving Jesus yeah. fully because I was on the throne of my heart. I was wanting the glory. I was wanting praise from people, but I wasn't walking around saying that or shouting it. But now he's revealing like, Rachel, this was a sin issue. Rachel, this has been so helpful. So good. We're going to have you back next time. We're going to finish this interview. Thank you so much for being here. And thank you for listening today. I hope something today has helped you stop comparing and start living. And hey, if you're ready for coaching, that $40 January deal is available for you. Use the code START40 or just drop me a message, Heather at ComparedWho.me, and I can walk you through what you need if you're ready for coaching. But come back next time, listen to the rest of Rachel's amazing story and see how freedom is possible for you too. Thanks for listening. The Compared to Show is proud to be part of the Life Audio Podcast Network. For more great Christian podcasts, go to lifeaudio.com.
What happens when a writer and former history teacher goes toe-to-toe with his best friend, a nationally touring stand-up comedian? Total carnage, that's what. Two men enter, and two men leave, because that's how it works. <laughs> Actually, you get hilarious, real, and insightful conversations about life, history, culture, faith, and everything in between. Join me, comedian Johnny W., and my pal, author, and speaker John Driver for Talk About That at LifeAudio.com or wherever you get your podcasts.